That was not a fun movie. That was not fun. It was really good. But there was, like, nothing really uplifting about it. It was so bleak. There was nothing really... Like, I felt inspired by the way it was made and Joaquin Phoenix's performance was just stellar. But um, it wasn't like, you know, it definitely wasn't a cheerful movie and this was by design that it wasn't. I thought it was you know, purposely methodic and slow moving and I thought it was a good insight into the mind with someone with mental illness. Mental illness to a point. So um, I just I want to point out an article in um, from USA Today, and it's if you Google how accurate is Joker's portrayal of mental illness, the answer is complicated. It's a really good article. It's from October twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen. So I just want to um, uh, point out some well some points of the article um, about how it says that experts say it incorrectly strengthens the link between mental illness and violence. So. Um, um, so you, you have a character like the Joker and he's presented and I'm, I'm reading some of this from the article is presented with a mental health backstory. So he meets with the counselor and it said Joker takes pains to show how traumatic aspects of flex life lead him on the quote unquote pathway to violence, not just his mental illness. The loner is treated with contempt and as an adult suffers a violent mugging on a subway and a brutal attack by young kids. He also rediscovers that he has been subjected to appalling violence as a child. But then the article then points out his mental illness, his mental health issues unfairly stands out. So the article's issue was that um, they feel that Joker or, or Flex violent behavior is connected with mental illness. And statistically, that is not true. And the, the stats are in the article itself. Um, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the vast majority of people with mental health problems are no more likely to be violent than anyone else. Only 3 to 5% of violent acts can be attributed to individuals living with a serious mental illness. And then, again, this this points out what the, what the film did Correctly, uh, as Joker illustrates, people with severe mental illness are 10 times more likely to be victims of violent crime than the general population. So then the article then points on about how the film blurs the line between truth and reality, um, uh, about the the uh, d delusions that that um, Arthur has been through, um, and then um, um, so, so yeah, so, so let me just, I just want to reiterate how, um, mental illness and violence, there's really no association, no link. So when someone, yeah, I'm a big horror movie guy. So when, 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 say if you ask a writer of a horror movie, well, why is your character doing these horrible things? And if they answer, well, he's just crazy. That is one highly inaccurate about um, what what real life portrays and um, also kind of the lazy way out when it uh, when it comes to character develop character development there are a bunch of, of little things not little things but huge events that can happen in a person's life that you know that makes a person what 
what they are. Anyway, um, so I'm going to just go back to the article here where they they do want to point out, and this is what I think the film does well, that it's kind of a, a good representation of of someone with um, with mental illness. It says, Arthur's daily struggle is accurate and powerful. It's just, even the way the movie was shot, it was kind of like a fog in Arthur's life just to see how he makes it through the day and what he goes through. And, and there are some happy moments and there are some really challenging moments for him and there are some sad moments and you just see how someone like him just struggles with it. And then that builds sympathy to where I think that when he does start doing the evil things, um, I wasn't rooting for him to do violence. I think, you know, some people, uh, like that aspect of, 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 uh, violent movies, whether the character's a good guy or a bad guy. Um, I don't, but, um, so, but but when he starts doing these awful things, it's like, oh, th- this is a, a character we had sympathy for, and now he's doing something terrible. Kind of like Breaking Bad, you know, Walter White. You kind of related to him, you liked him, and now he's he started doing these horrible things. You didn't know how to react, and that's a good, I think, storytelling device. But um, so the article does point out that uh, Joker takes an honest look at the daily life of a person struggling with mental illness and the breakdown. This is important, and the breakdown of social support for those who desperately need it. Um, and then it talks about the scene with with Arthur and his social worker. He was doing okay. Funding was cut. Um, so they um, the social worker couldn't see him anymore. And then his mental illness started to get worse. And again, I, I need to point out, it, the movie kind of makes it seem like this was the reason for him to commit violence. And in real life, it's not necessarily uh, – it's not necessarily works like that. So um, uh, let's see if there's anything – else it's so i think it's it's more about you know we are all in this together so if someone needs help it will affect what one person goes through can affect a great many people a great many people and that's why community is so important so i would love for there to be mental health treatment for anyone who who wants it and anyone who needs it because it is such a struggle for um what people with mental illness uh, tend to go through. And it's also quite inspiring to see them um, improve as well. And one final thing about the article, and again, it's, it's, it goes to show uh, you know, why we need quality journalism out there. There, there is nuance to this. Um, the final thing in the article says that, but ultimately, Joker is a work of fiction. And yeah, of course it is. So it, it, it quotes Joe Parks, who's a psychiatrist and medical director for the National Council for Behavioral Health. And he says he felt the mental health portrayal in Joker was unnecessary and stigmatizing, though he praised the film for emphasizing the importance of being kind to one another and not bullying. And uh, the final uh, statement that he made was that, but we need to remember this is a fantasy movie about a comic book villain. And then he went on to say that Joker is not a documentary about mental illness. So while I like my movies to be accurate, sometimes, I think most of the time I want movies, even if, if it's uh, the, the most you know fantastical, if that's even a word, the most uh, fantasy, heavy fantasy of, of, of the fantasy genre, I do want to be... I do want it to be rooted in some kind of reality so we can relate to it. And at the same time, know that at the 
end of the the day that it's just the movie and if the movie can inspire you to look at um the real life things on which it's based because i would think it's all based on real life because we all live in real life um even even uh even better for that so um really good article i'll put a link in the notes i highly recommend that all of you read it and let me know what you think so with all that said, let's move on to pseudo-bulbar affect. Which is why it's like a mood dysregulation that's, which, cause, which is caused by, um, one of the ways it's caused is by traumatic brain injury, which he had when he was a child. But it's that uncontrollable laughing at inappropriate moments. And um, I think the, the real affect, it's, it's mostly crying. But, um, but obviously... It wouldn't be Joker with, you know, with him crying all the time. I thought the the production design was great. It reminded me of, like, gritty, like, taxi driver. Oh, totally king of comedy. A ridiculous amount of king of comedy. So much so that, you know, they cast Robert De Niro. If, if you never saw king of comedy, from what I remember, I saw it once, but it was a Scorsese movie. Robert De Niro played an obsessed fan of a, of a Johnny Carson-like um um, like uh, Johnny Carson, like uh, host. Um, God, who played the, the? Oh, I'm blanking out on the talk show. I'll put it in the notes. Who played the? Oh, it was Jerry Lewis. Uh, played the the Johnny Carson like character. So De Niro was this obsessed fan, and Joker was kind of like that. It totally took that from King of Comedy. And then there was a, a Taxi Driver aesthetic, another Scorsese movie. She was a gritty metropolis. I mean, Gotham City is totally based on New York um, out of the 70s, right when New York was, like, about to explode in riots and fires because, like, their budget was slashed. There was garbage piling up. There were blackouts. Um, and then the, the line about the social services being cut. I mean, Reagan did that in the 80s. He cut all this funding and, you know, the, the, the patients were let out on the streets, you know. So, so the Phillips and the other guy who wrote the movie, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, I think there were certain nods to that. I was a little thrown off and, and like, even though with, with his quote-unquote girlfriend, um, I kind of knew... As soon as he, as soon as that scene where she said, oh, have you been following me? And he's like, yeah. And she said, oh, you know, I said, oh, he's totally imagining this. Now, I don't know as far as delusions go, if they're, if they're that vivid, but, um, but I'm kind of glad he, this was, um, a delusion because that was just ridiculously fake that, that anyone would just welcome this person in to their life like, like that, especially with a kid. So, um, so overall, I thought it was well done. It was a nice little nod to Batman. You saw Bruce and you saw Alfred and you saw, um, his father. I think in most of the Batman stories, his father was a benevolent man, but I like how they, they, they portrayed Thomas Wayne as this, you know, oligarch and, uh, a man who says he cares about the people, but meanwhile, you know, he calls them clowns and he insults them and, and, you know, it's these people are crazy. So, um, and then Joaquin Phoenix's performance was just so, so, so good. He's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar for, or at least if he doesn't, he should. Um, and I'm 
comparing him to the other Jokers, and you have to go with Heath Ledger. And I was talking to my friend about this earlier today, because I saw the movie today, and I was talking to my friend right after I saw the movie, and trying to, who was better, Phoenix or Ledger? And my friend said he loved Ledger, but he liked Phoenix better, and I said, it's hard for me to decide because they're, they're both so different, you know? It's like chocolate and ice cream are both good, but they're both so different. How can you say what's better? And I think it's like this with Phoenix and Ledger. They're totally, two totally different movies, almost totally different characters, even though they have the same name. Ledger was more, um, definitely more cerebral and um, obviously more talkative and maybe the Phoenix character would have grown into the Ledger character. So the Ledger character, you know, it showed him as, you know, probably he was the joke for a long time. So he started the plan and he got his stuff together. Um, so, but both just awesome performances. As far as Nicholson, I mean, I guess for the, you know, even for the time, I thought he was a little too over the top, but I guess he was all right. Um, I only saw the guy from Gotham once, and he was kind of over the top as well. Uh, Mark Hamill for the cartoon, that's over the top. I, I'm not a big, huge fan of over the top. I know the Joker's an over the top character. And then, who is it? Cesar Romero, right? In the, the Adam West one, that was just campy to begin with. And then Jared Leto in Suicide Squad was, again, over the top. He kind of reminded me of Jim Carrey in a way, the Jared Leto Joker. So I wasn't too thrilled with him. But I'm so glad that Phoenix was able to build this character completely different from Ledger. There were some nods to him, though, I think, like sitting in the police car, like the kind of look. And I think Phoenix, I I like to think Phoenix did that on purpose. So it's so good how just down to movement, down to the laugh, down to the way he spoke was so much different than than Ledger, and that's really hard to do, because Ledger was such an iconic role. So, I mean, if the Joker's going to come back, and I, I guess Jared Leto's coming back, I don't know, I don't care, but if he is, um, or whoever plays the Joker next, and I'm sure there will be other Joker movies down, down the line in, in the future, but I, I'd be curious on that interpretation of it. I would think... If, if I was going to play the Joker, definitely have him be a little more subtle. It's like, where else can you go? They're subtle most of the time, very cerebral, um, using psychology, you know, um, but almost passive aggressive and subtle. And then, you know, of course, being over the top when it when it calls for it. So, um, I don't know, maybe that's how I would play it. I guess it would depend the script, the depend on the script, but I would love to play the Joker. I mean, who wouldn't? So, um, but I thought the movie was really well directed. The, the production, uh, the, the sets were great or the, the, the production design was great. Um, so I thought it captured the grittiness of the city and the kind of unease you get from the city, a city like that. I, I thought it captured really well. There was always like a lack of safety. Um, I'm just going to be a little nitpicky. I, the scene where Arthur went to get his mother's records and he got him that easily, he wouldn't have even... I mean, any responsible clerk would have been like, who are you? And we can't release these records because there's privacy. So um, it's nitpicky, but I don't think that that would have happened. Um, 
he was able to sneak into the um, movie theater watching Charlie Chaplin. That was he did that pretty easily. Um, he got very lucky evading the cops. Um, so and he and he did get captured at the end, but he you know he seemed to be out for a while. But again, I guess this was the time where it was before camera of cameras everywhere and DNA testing and and all that. So. Um, but if he got captured right away, it would have been a really short movie. So um, I thought it was really good, really bleak, really, really dark. Um, and one of those movies that sits with you. And I like movies that that sit, that sit with me and gives me, uh, you know, lens, gives me moments to think about, like, wow. Like, wow, what, 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 a, what a really dark exploration. Oh, and then... When when Arthur finally went on the the Robert De Niro's show, I don't know. Like I realized the show was live, but I, I don't think they would have let him go for that long without security coming out. Um, you know, when 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 he admitted to killing people, I don't. Know, maybe they would have played it off like, "Oh, are you kidding?" But like, as soon as they figured out he was serious, he'd be like, "Okay." Everybody stop. We're calling the police. Get security out here right now. Um, but I realized they had to have some kind of big impact for for it to work uh, down the line. So um, overall, good. good. I wouldn't really consider it a superhero movie at all because, you know, and that was another thing. I felt like like I want like you just felt so unsafe. There was no no redeemer, no good guy. I guess the Joker can be kind of considered an anti-hero, but I wouldn't go that far because he wasn't doing anything heroic. He was just killing people and causing chaos. Um, so, and there was no savior. There was no hero to save the day. The cops tried. They failed. So there, there was nothing redeeming about this at all. There was no, no, no one to help us get through this. The only thing that helped us get through this was that the movie ended and we can walk out of the movie theater safe, thankfully. So um, that's what I like about movies. It takes you on this psychological journey. It kind of exposes you to fear, but, you know, it's it's not going to hurt you. you you're going to walk away at the end. So um, um, hopefully you don't walk away from this podcast, or if you do walk away from this podcast, hopefully you uh, listen to more of them. So um, you can find me on Twitter at MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM Podcast. And uh, you can email me at MMAMPodcast at gmail.com. It would be great to hear from you. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.